Welcome to episode 23 of Cyberbytes, the podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cooper, co-founder of Aspron Search. Today's guest, we have security evangelist Augusto Barros. Augusto is actually my first Canadian guest who has a wealth of security industry experience. And right now, his sole role is working to deliver the best threat cloud native detection and response solution with Securonix. I am good. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Where, uh, whereabouts are you at the moment? Ryan, I'm in Toronto, in Canada. I'm on the few Canadians in Securonics here. We are always kind of enjoying the cold before our colleagues on the US. You know what? Um, you're actually my first Canadian guest, so uh, that's an honor. We'll take that. We'll take that. I try to avoid the A's and the A-boots. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, no, so th- thanks for coming on, Augusto. Um, re- really appreciate it. We'll we'll dive straight in. Um, with all my guests, I take it right back to where it all began and sort of how you got into the industry. All right. Uh, so, uh, although sometimes people say that I look young, I actually been around cybersecurity for what twenty three years by now. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I was lucky to start in a security consulting company, and that taught me a lot. Started kind of like a project manager, I ended up kind of moving to the to the hands-on guys quickly doing pen testing, security assessments, and kind of kind of started evolving in the space there. And then I moved to the the other side of the counter, right? Kind of doing kind of a end user security, essentially kind of for banks, financial institutions. So kind of from the from security assessment campaigns to security application security and security operations. So I, I think I had the the luck of getting kind of the opportunity to try and do some some security in the most different kind of uh, roles, right? And I, while I was on the on the end user side, and after a long time in that uh, on that side, I went to Gartner, where kind of I spent five years as an analyst covering the security operations space. So essentially, SIM, SOAR, UBA, EDR, everything that normally kind of a, a SOC would have their hands on, uh, was part of my my coverage area. Uh, with Gartner, and there was also kind of a very interesting time because you speak with thousands of organizations, where right? so you end up seeing kind of their pains, understanding kind of the issues that they normally kind of deal with. And then since 2020, I moved to Securonix, right? So I'm the security, cybersecurity evangelist for Securonix, and I normally tell people my job is to tell them kind of what we do and why it matters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, great. Wow, okay, cool. A couple of things to touch on, but. Um, I do see the security evangelist title and I've had another chap that was a security evangelist and I asked him this question. I'm going to ask it to you, but like what actually is a security evangelist? Because he was like, man, I'll do everything. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. Yeah, and that, and that's true. And to be to be fair, right, kind of the, it is a title that is very loosely defined. And I also been, have seen other titles that are very similar to what I do today, right? So you see field CISO sometimes yep. or uh, outbound product manager as well. So we see a lot of these titles that when you start reading kind of the, the role description, right, kind of you end up seeing that they were essentially doing the same thing. So I think probably the, the biggest component is an outbound communication, right? It is uh, trying to explain, right, kind of to customers, prospects, partners, and, and everyone essentially uh, what is Securonix doing and what does, what are what are the problems that we're trying to solve and why how we do it and why our approach differs from from others right so that's essentially kind of 
what the evangelist does. And mm -hmm. that could happen through multiple channels. And I think that's going to also kind of vary kind of from organization to organization. So you'll be doing kind of blogs and content kind of for the product marketing team. So you can end up kind of doing a bit of kind of technical product management as well as, sorry, technical product marketing mm -hmm. as well. Uh, presentations and sessions at conferences, that is a big part of the job as well. And because of that interaction with the public, you end up also having the opportunity to get their input to bring to your product team as well. Right? So that's also something that ends up kind of being a part of the job because of the, the position where you, are, where you are, right? Where you have this interaction with the external uh, public, right? so you end up kind of being a good channel to get requirements and feedback and input. And there's also, for many people in this role, kind of the, uh, say, the future-looking component as well, right? Kind of, okay, this is what we do, this is what we are solving, but thinking from a two, three, five years point of view, right, in the future, how this space will evolve and how we are planning to evolve to 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 follow, right, kind of the, those challenges that will, that will come in the future. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. First of all, then, what what do you guys do at Sucronics? Then we'll talk about some of the stuff that you're potentially planning or is on the roadmap. I'm interested to see. So yeah, tell us a little bit more. Right. Uh, so Securonics, uh, right, kind of our main product is a SIM, right? Security, information, and event management. So in a very basic sense, we collect logs and events, and we try to make sense of them from a security uh, threat detection and response perspective. So we try to detect threats, right? And then kind of provide the SOC with the ability to to triage those things, right? So they can see exactly what matters, what you have to respond, and allow them to respond as fast and efficiently as possible. Uh, this space, right, it kind of started kind of with the sim in a very simple sense, right? They will collect logs, sometimes some basic logs like operating system, firewalls, and do some very basic kind of a say Boolean logic thing, right? So, okay, if you see five times this type of event, alert, right? That's what kind of sim started to do 20 years ago, right? But since then, it has evolved. It incorporated the UEBA piece, right? The more advanced analytics is now incorporating SOAR for the security component. So I say SIM today is more, it's probably closer to what I would define as a secure operations platform, right? kind of a, a platform to support the work of the secure operations team, that kind of that simple kind of say log aggregation tool that kind of initially created that definition kind of a long time ago. Nice. So does that reduce time as well then speed and delivery? And I guess do they then engineer around the activities that you guys identify and things like that? That's right, right. And uh, the I think that there was also kind of an evolution. It was interesting to see where uh, the, the providers of technology were very focused on, okay, here is my engine, right, to collect all this telemetry and where you can build these rules, right, kind of this logic to do something with it. Uh, but then you ended up with lots of organizations with this technology, but without knowing what to do with it. Right. Okay, what are the rules that I need in this thing, right, kind of to, to find something? And once I find something, how can I confirm that it's indeed a threat that I need to respond to, right? And even sometimes, what are the steps that I have to go through to respond to it? And the sense, and I would say especially Securonics on this case, have been evolving to incorporate the pieces that would help organizations to do that, right? So, for example, uh, one of the things that we we like to say we do uh, say better than the others is we have a strong focus on content, right? So mm -hmm. the rules, the models right now that we have kind of incorporated all those kind of ML 
uh, AI, as kind of people like to say now, <laughs> uh, components to the to the analytics engine, right? Kind of many customers do not have the 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 manpower, right, to write that content. So one of the big components of our solution is essentially delivering that content to the customer as well. Yeah, sick. What, what on the flip side of that? What about the the challenges of having those sort of features and things like that? Uh, well, the uh, an interesting thing about Sims also is kind of they have grown uh, in different manners, right? If you look kind of at the different vendors that are in this space, there have been many acquisitions. So if you look at some of my competitors, right, kind of they bought Soar from they, they bought a SOAR vendor and a, a SOAR startup. Then they bought a UBA startup. And then you look at their, their portfolio and they have all the features that you're looking for, but in a very fragmented manner. And I think that we, we are seeing, for example, a big trend in this industry about uh, tool consolidation, right? Or vendor consolidation. And I think it's partially caused by that type of, of growth, right, or growth kind of from a, from a features and capabilities point of view, you end up having a solution, but it replicates data. You have multiple UIs. It's sometimes confusing, kind of from a from a let's say user experience point of view. So one of the things that we've been doing as well is trying to grow uh, as much as possible in an organic manner, right? So incorporating those capabilities in our platform instead of acquiring them and trying to bolt on later. So that's one of the thing, one of the things that we've done with our source. For example, right? So if you come to me and say, oh, sell me your SOAR, I cannot do it because it's part of my SIM platform, right? It is an embedded, it, it is, I wouldn't say even an embedded, it's a built-in component. It's just a set of capabilities that people usually see in a SOAR that are part of my SIM platform. Yeah, nice. It's incredible how it does evolve, like starting from a SIM and then start bringing in AI and ML. What, like, let's go 10 years, maybe. Like, what? where is this going to be, like, hopefully you're still with Synchronix, but what, what would the uh, the product look like? Because it's it's, being, yeah, it's, it's advancing quickly, like where we're at. And yeah, I do wonder where it will be. That That's a very interesting question to to ponder, right? And try to and try to figure out the right answer on kind of where things will be is is probably one of the key points for any any, any vendors in, in this space to be successful, right? Because you want to be where, where the puck is going, right? And the... One of the things that I believe is changing dramatically is on the backend side, right? Kind of sims uh, for a long time, kind of the the technology providers of sim have been building kind of their data backend, right? So kind of you can look from an engineering point of view, they have been building the data backend, the ingestion engine, kind of the logic, the content, everything, right? Uh, and it's pretty hard to do all that very well, right? And when you look at these space of kind of say data lakes, right, and, and data management in general, there are amazing companies out there, right? If you think about kind of what uh, AWS, Google, uh, Microsoft, or Snowflake, Databricks kind of can do in terms of a data engine, they're probably kind of far more advanced than any SIM vendor out there. So what we are seeing now, and kind of we're gonna see in the next kind of two, three years, is most of these SIM solutions migrating to use these data backends because we need the ability to ingest a lot of data and also retain that all that data for hunting and for investigations and et cetera for a long time, right? So when you look at the sims that kind of have, have built kind of that backend, they are struggling, right? To, to make that kind of scale, because essentially, right, it's almost like having another company within the sim vendor, right? One just, just focus on the data challenge. 
from the Securonic side, what we did is we partnered with Snowflake. Right? So we are essentially adopting Snowflake out as our backend. And kind of with that, we have all the benefits of an extremely scalable uh, architecture, right? And we can also focus our efforts in the core of our mission, right? That is essentially threat detection, investigation, and response. So I can put my efforts on that piece and leave the data part for the specialists like Snowflake. So I think that we're going to see many vendors on the same space doing the same, right? Kind of I can mention there are a few that are already using the BigQuery engine from Google and so on. Mm -hmm. On the probably kind of the analytics side, we're also going to see a lot of evolution, like for example, all these uh, generative AI uh, pieces that are very kind of say trendy these days that are probably kind of <laughs> overhyped, right? Uh, we are seeing some vendors experimenting with it, uh, usually in a way of trying to build kind of an assistant to the analyst, right? Oh, the analyst needs to ask that engine what they should be doing next, what this threat is about, right? So it's like an analyst support. I think that's the most common way that we are seeing the vendors incorporating this type of technology. But there are other interesting things that can be done as well. One of the things that Securonix is doing with this technology, with the, the large, large language models, is using that to support our ability to detect insider threats. So we can use that to power a kind of a psycholinguistics engine that will look, for example, at the behavior of, of employees, right? To see, okay, the kind of traces from their email, right? Kind of from their kind of whatever kind of they are doing are showing some kind of a quitting behavior, right? Or kind of they are kind of planning to leave or they're planning to, uh, to steal data, for example. And we can detect that uh, with the aid of the large language models and adopting some, some psycholinguistic techniques. We've been piloting that with one of our major customers and they are amazed at the results. So we are really excited to bring that to the product for everyone else as soon as possible. Yeah, love that. What um, who are like uh, your ideal customer profile? What what would you say? Who who's right. that? Or have you got uh, a case study that we could use? Like, uh, yeah. Uh, yes, right. Can we? I can mention. Uh, for example, uh, we have some big MSSPs that leverage our solution kind of for their services or their MDR, for example. So I could mention Verizon Business or Wipro nice. uh, as. Kind of big uh, service providers that leverage our solution for what they do. Kind of we invest a lot in multi-tenancy capabilities, so that kind of they can benefit from that. And on the direct end user side, we normally focus on bigger enterprises like kind of Fortune thousand. Kind of can say that have we have almost a third of Fortune thousand as customers. We have a handful of Fortune ten actually using our solution in different manners. So those are the normally kind of the the best. Uh, profiles or as a Securonix user. Having said that, we have many small and medium organizations that also benefit from our solution. But in those cases, that usually happens through service providers, right? Because the service provider can take care of almost everything. And normally kind of we're looking at organizations that have a very small security team and sometimes no one dedicated to security operations, right? And we still need someone to use our solution. It's not something that we'll kind of do everything by itself, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely, absolutely. So I instantly think when you say SIEM, you think of like the splunks of this world and things like that. So naturally, obviously, outside of competition, what do you think are some of the potential growth pains that Sychronix might have coming up? Or where do you see this uh, potential challenges for you? Uh -huh. Particularly with I AI. Kind of we, yeah, I think kind of we kind of from a competition point of view, I think kind of the 
we see more players kind of from the cybersecurity space trying to get into the uh, the processes that normally kind of the sim will operate on, right? So you look kind of those that are starting to sell their solutions as what they call XDR, right? An extended detection and response. They may be uh, vendors that were in the endpoint detection and response space, and some SOCs would operate kind of most of their security. Uh, their threat detection activities on an EDR solution, but they know that there are gaps, right? So now they're looking for something that will be uh, broader, right? Kind of from a, a threat detection point of view. And these vendors, as they're already in those customers, they're trying to occupy that space. It is in a space that is very often occupied by a SIM. So I think you know, we started to see some increased competition from mm -hmm. these vendors that are coming from the EDR space, sometimes other security detection solutions that are kind of trying to expand and become this thing called as XDR. Uh, it's still kind of very hard to define this space. Right? So although we see a lot of noise, if I go to my sales team and start asking them, right, kind of, are we competing against these guys? They'll say, no, we don't see them in short lists, for example. But I, if what may be happening is that someone may be buying those directly without ever going to look for a SIM. Right? So I may end up seeing kind of some situations like that. And another interesting thing that happens is the major cloud providers jumping in, right? So we have now clearly like Microsoft and Google in this space, right? They are admirable uh, uh, competitors for sure, right? And they have the advantage many times, a lot of the data that they need to collect is already in their environment, right? So they have some advantages on that side. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see the other big uh, cloud provider kind of jumping in this space uh, as well, although they haven't done that yet. Um, so that's kind of a piece of the competition that we normally kind of will be theoretically right on a disadvantage kind of from their position to be able to collect data. But we have the analytics capabilities and the, the content, right, and the unified kind of experience that we've been talking about to differentiate ourselves and show that even if we're not right kind of within Kind of that cloud space in the same way as they are, right? Kind of we are uh, able to deliver results in a better manner than they, what they can do today. Love that, man! Well, an episode. Uh, let's wrap it up. That was wicked. Um, Augusto, thanks for coming on, mate. I wish you all the best of success and obviously Synchronics. So uh, let's stay in touch. Hopefully, I'll see you on the conference circuit. I imagine we'll uh, bump into each other and have a beer soon. Perfect. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, 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 oh